0: horses are at the gate and they're off welcome to winning ponies with a weekend coming up this is the spot to be for news handicapping and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today now here's your host john englehart racing's regular guy All
1: right, thanks for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. I hope everybody's doing well out there. Very interesting weekend of racing. Uh, Big, big points races uh, for the Derby and Oaks down at Gulfstream Park. And we're going to be calling on the King of the Cappers and the man that puts together the Derby Dozen, none other than Byron King, editor of the Blood Horse. And then a veteran of the Handicapping Wars, none other than Bob Relberg-Roberts. He's going to join in on the Florida Derby. Uh, that takes place at Gulfstream. Then I asked him to you know, pick up a couple of these... Uh, Races that are a little bit different this year Uh, from Turfway Park. The Jeff Ruby stakes is now a 100 points race for the winner. Of course, uh, how did that happen? Well, the track's now owned by Churchill Downs, and they make that decision. And there are also Kentucky Oaks points for the Bourbonette Oaks. So those will be the races we will be handicapping. Uh... Let's, uh, there's going to be good racing everywhere leading up to the Kentucky Derby, which means only one thing. You're going to be busy handicapping on Saturday, so let's give you a hand. Go over to winningponies.com, pull down the easy win forms. Just yesterday... Uh, at uh, Tampa Bay Downs, we pulled down a $1 super high five for over $1,700. And let's go as far away from Tampa as you can to Santa Anita. Uh, we had a 20 cent pick six that paid over $1,900. And let's not forget our friends in Florida at Gulfstream Park. A $1 super five paid twenty-one. dollars Thousand. I don't want to bore you with all of our success. Come on over to winningponies.com and check it out yourself. We do post our, um, our, our wins and losses so you can read them yourself and know that I'm not making this stuff up. Our guests, well, we're bringing out the killer bees. That's right. Byron King. He puts together the Derby Dozen and the Blood Horse. So he'll be running down his rationale for uh, listing the horses as he does. And uh, then he's also going to walk us through the Gulfstream Park races. And uh, then, of course, Bob Railbird Roberts um, is going to help us, as I stated, with the Turfway races. And we might talk a little bit about his book, which you can still get, and the proceeds go to charity, and that's Writings of a Railbird. Trust me, this is a easy read, and enjoyable, and actually quite humorous. And also, don't forget, get up a little bit early on Saturday, we got the $12 million Dubai World Cup. I'm going to try to touch on all of those things and update you on the leaderboard. Until then, I got some... Hey I hate to start this show out as the the obituary section in the page but I attended a funeral of a gentleman I got to know over the years and I actually knew his father before I knew him. Uh, Charlie Cook was a veteran turf writer. Uh, He hailed from Ohio, but was well-respected in the Bluegrass State. Uh, Charlie has the uh, honor of being the only turf writer to have a story appear in every edition of Keeneland Magazine. But on to Gus Cook, uh, who died earlier in the week. Um, He was battling cancer for a long time, but what a guy! The longtime manager of Claiborne Farm had ten kids that he raised on Claiborne. all of them successes, marvelous people. And uh, but let's go back to you, you know the the tapestry of this guy's life and how dedicated he was uh, to people and his religion. Um, uh, Cook was a Marine. And he fought in the Vietnam War. I I, I, I hope he recorded uh, in audio something that uh, would tell us about his life because uh, he certainly is a story uh, just with the things I told you. I know that uh, he uh, was the subject of one of the Thoroughbred Daily News and Keeneland's life works oral history. And um, there are stories on him out there. Just Google Robert Gus Cook and you'll read about him. I mean, he was... At the helm of Claiborne Farm for 31 years, and what a lineup of stallions he had back then. Of course, Secretariat uh, was was the big hype horse, but he had Danzig, Mr. Prospector, Nijinsky, Sir Ivor, Damascus, and these were all under the care of, of Gus Cook. The guy was just truly amazing. Uh, everybody loved him. Uh, he grew up on a grain farm north of Cincinnati, and um, they would come down to River Downs. Uh, uh, his first horse was a lead pony from River Downs, as a matter of fact, named Billy. And uh, so he, he volunteered for uh, the, the Marine Corps, graduated high school at 18, and went to war. Uh, and so... Uh, Gus Cook, uh, his ceremony was absolutely beautiful at Georgetown, Kentucky. Uh, It was just something else. Uh, I could go on and on about his guy, but the show's not that long. But uh, Gus Cook... uh, will forever be remembered uh just took care of thousands of tourists and in addition to managing the farm you know just think uh, somebody like queen elizabeth would show up and he'd have to take care of her he retired back in 2019 um he was uh, married for 50 years uh he got to meet his wife uh, at the uh the, the, the church where they had his services, the Church of the Annunciation, just a gorgeous building. So, all five of his uh, sons work in the thoroughbred industry. Uh, we've had uh, Stephen um, on when he was associated with Woodbine, and now he's with uh, the first group. I don't know if I'm that right. It's a Stronach industry. And his sons, Matt and Gus, operate Shaw in place. Again, I. I could go on for forever, but uh, Gus will truly be missed. This just broke this afternoon. Former jockey Larry Melanson died at 65. Uh, he had he remembered for his riding skill, his horsemanship. Uh, he's the seventh leading jockey by wins and stakes at Churchill Downs. And... Um, uh, he had declined in recent years after suffering a stroke in 2017, and with a name like Melanson, that's right, you had to know he came from Louisiana. Uh, he won over 2,800 races, and uh, he stayed in racing and was a exercise rider for trainer L. Stall, and worked as an assistant uh, after that, and. Uh, He's also a jockey agent for Calvin Burrell. I mean, this guy was such a class guy. And uh, uh, he he had stroke those few years ago, uh, but... He was just a, a super pro- professional. So, uh, uh, Larry, just uh, an amazing guy. I'm sure you'll read more about him, what's coming up. Uh, now, on the national racing scene, you've heard this name before Sheikh Hamdam bin Rashid Al Maktoum passed away this week at at, uh, at 75. Uh, the deputy ruler of dubai one of the world's leading owners and breeders uh, for the past 40 years what a powerful string of horses around the world uh, i mean he had 19 european classic winners uh and uh, just uh, too many to name in 2020 he was the crowned leading owner in britain for the fifth time This uh, somehow was not a surprise. Life is good, who was considered the Derby favorite by many, is on the shelf. Uh, He's having surgery in Kentucky. I believe he's already had it, and it's been successful. Had a morning workout, but then came back, and Bob Baffert saw something that was just a little bit uh, gimpy. Now, on Saturday... Uh, Fox Sports 1 is going to have coverage of the Dubai World Cup. And uh, two not really big, big-name horses from the U.S. are considered the favorites. The favorite would be Mystic Guide coming out of a really sharp win in the Razorback Stakes, And Jesus' team, who's had so many close calls in the, uh, the Pegasus at Monmouth. And then he just couldn't get by Nick's go uh, in the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. Or the Pacific World Classic, he still won over a million dollars. So, uh, th- those are some of the lead stories. I've got plenty more. We'll see what happens. And one last thing on an upside Midnight Bizu, the uh, 2019 champion, older mayor, five time grade one stakes winner, is in full. To curl in. All right, let's go back to some of the big ones from last week that uh, we discussed with uh, Joe effect down at the fairgrounds. Big points race there, and the winner was Hot Rod Charlie, wire to wire, with Joel Rosario up, uh, sent away at five to. Two, In the second spot was Midnight Bourbon, and third was Obesos. So you will see him in the starting gate. The uh, Fairgrounds Oaks, another big points race. The tables were turned between Travel Column and Clariere. They were the two favorites. Travel Column got the job done, a very strong finish, under a hand ride by the, uh, Florent Jaru that's a Brad Cox trainee, and, um, then we played the, uh, Mervyn Munez, or the Munez Classic, because Ramon Munez was also named there, and that was Colonel Liam, odds-on favorite there, got the job done over two Emmys, who set all the pace at 24 to 1, and, uh... In the third spot was Logical Miss. Uh, Not a lot of speed. Great, great race, though, in the New Orleans Classic. And the winner there was Chess Cheap, who just came from out of the clouds and nipped the favorite, Owendale, who definitely looked like a winner and then uh, down at Gulfstream Park the Hurricane Birdie regular guy try we got that one done with Pacific Gale on top of Sound Machine went off at eight to one and then Seguara Road uh, who went off at eleven to one so that wasn't too bad for a buck 60 to 30 and out at San Anita the San Louis Ray Went to the odds-on favorite. That was United, the horse for course, uh, scoring his fifth win from 10 starts. He's won well over a million dollars just at Santa Anita. Finishing in the second spot was the second favorite, Say the Word, with Mike Smith in the saddle so that was a look at our races uh from uh, last week and oh gee i just got so much news i wish i could fit it all in but i've got to get to byron king but real quick the uh bonehead quote of the week uh after uh, uh scoring with swiss skydiver a uh, very easy ride uh robbie alvarado Pulled his whip up too high for the stewards and, and cracked her, so he got fined. And in an interview after the race on TVG, he, uh, it, it said, uh, you know, uh, Brittany Ertnan said, you love this filly. You call her your girlfriend. How special is she to you? And he said, well, I hit her once, and I hope she still loves me. Ouch. Uh, they didn't air it, but don't forget he faced two domestic violence claims in 2011 and 2012. Come on, Robbie, think this one through. Anyhow, tried to get as much information out to you, but now I'm going to get even more information because we are going to be talking to the king of the cappers, none other than Louisville's own Byron King.
2: Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
3: We're on Alexa smart speakers and connected devices.
0: Hey
4: Alexa, play Being Here Podcasts on Apple Podcasts. Try it now.
2: And they're off. What? What?
4: Today's Hot Topics.
2: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll free. 1-866-472-5788 one 472 5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you have any tips or comments you'd like to share any questions we would be happy to answer contact us now back to the show Winning Ponies with John Englehart
1: All right, and with me, a uh, longtime friend, I believe I can call him, an excellent writer and handicapper, and uh, he uh, now wears the crown doing the Derby Dozen, No Easy Task, and we'll quickly go through maybe his top five, otherwise we'll we'll lose his whole segment. Byron, how you been? Thank you. I'm sorry, you cut out on us. Um, really? Really? Cut out on yeah. you? Can you hear me? No, you, you, I can hear you now, as they say. Okay, the maybe,
4: commercial. maybe, it, maybe my fat fingers were covering the mic. I'm not sure, man. I apologize if so. Uh, but the uh, I'm doing very well. How are you? Uh, good, good. Um,
1: so at the top of your list, uh, this horse reminds me a little bit of Joe Biden. We haven't seen much of him, uh, and that's essential quality uh, at at the top uh and so uh, i i guess maybe from your article he could either show up at the the uh the bluegrass stakes it looks like they're 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 taking yeah. you know Br- brad cox he, they're taking it, their time with him he's already
4: punched his ticket so right uh, right i mean it, you manage a horse like that uh a little differently because he'd already accumulated a A fairly decent amount of points. Not a staggering amount in the Kentucky Derby system because they stack them late in the game. But historically speaking, if you make low 30s, you're going to make it into the Kentucky Derby starting gate. He's already in a pretty comfortable spot. They don't have to run him a whole heck of a lot. Running in the bluegrass at Keelan makes all the sense in the world given the fact that he won the Claiborne Breeders Futurity there last fall prior to winning the Breeders' Cup Juvenile there. So, you know, he likes the racetrack. You know, he's owned by Godolphin. They've got a farm there in Lexington. I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer to run there. And while the Bluegrass is not a grade one, he's already a multiple grade one winner. So it's not like that's going to, it's a needed or coveted thing for his stallion resume, you know.
1: Well, we're seeing this on a lot of horses, either top or bottom. The name Tappet Concert Tour, a son of Derby winner Street Sense, out of Purse Strings by Tappet. A concert tour, a Bob Baffert trainee. In the beginning, I thought he'd have half the field, but they're slowly getting whittled away.
4: Yeah, of course, the, the big you know, clearly the big move here this past week was Life is Good bowing out of the triple crown due to a hind leg injury. He had been my number two behind essential quality. And Life is Good had actually been the favorite in pool four of the Kentucky Derby future wager. He was two to one, uh, whatever it was, a few weeks ago. Uh, Talk about a risky gamble. It's easy to say that now that he was He's been injured, but a lot can happen. And two to one was the shortest price, I believe, in a in a March uh, um, pool of the Kentucky Derby future wager. So he's out of the mix. But Baffert is loaded. Understandably, you win six Kentucky Derbys, people are going to ask you to train their very best three year olds. And concert tours, three for three. He just won down in the um, the Rebel Stakes. Was dominant, blew them away. Uh, Time wasn't super-duper fast, but, boy, it was hard to really run much better, at least uh, visually, uh, from my my viewpoint. Um, So he's a very uh, legitimate horse. Reminds me a lot of Nadal, who followed this same kind of pattern last year. Fortunately, Nadal, showing the fragility of thoroughbreds uh, as well, uh, was hurt and was finished after um, the first Saturday in May last year, which was the... um, his last race came in the Arkansas Derby last year, which was on the first Saturday in May, and in the weeks after he was injured and, of course, could not run in the Breeders- the the um, pardon me the Kentucky Derby that was postponed until September.
1: Well, uh, Byron's number three horse, a son of Tappett, who'd probably be my number one. I've fallen in love with this horse. Unless he falls flat on his face on Saturday in the Florida Derby, uh, that is greatest honor. Uh, again, people say, oh, but his times aren't that fast. Well, there's only two horses in the uh, Florida Derby that uh, show faster buyers, and it's by a single point. I just love the way this horse uh, can, can roar from off the pace. Now, his last race, I have to be honest with you, at the turn, if I had tickets, they would have been torn up. And then all of a sudden, in that last 16th, some horse comes into
4: the picture, and he blew by him like they were tied to the post. It was really strange. You raise a very good point. He, he was actually out-quickened on the turn by the horse that would run third. And it looked like he was, you know, going to be fourth, fifth, something like that. He just looked like he was just going to pass tired horses. And then he somehow got in gear again. Um, so I think... That to me um if I were grading that race yes it looked good how he did in the stretch but I would have liked to have seen him a little more eager to pick it up on his own um you know sometimes I think when you win like that it's a little bit um of a combination of some of the other horses maybe uh, coming back to you pretty um uh, pretty sharply so I think It might have fallen in his lap a little bit, uh, but he is a a very, very good horse that is, you know, I mean, it's not easy to win the Holy Bull and the Florida excuse me, and the Fountain of Youth. And now, of course, he's going to try to win the Florida Derby, the big one. So um, it will be interesting if he can pull it off. And, of course, his trainer, Shug McGahee, won the Kentucky Derby in 2013 with Orb who won the uh, Fountain of Youth and the Florida Derby, I think, if my memory's serving me right. I don't think he ran the Holy Bowl. It, it, it,
1: it is. So, uh, you know, Shug's been a lot of places before, but he's certainly taken that trail with some of his better horses. Hot Rod Charlie, who wasn't the, the hot horse, so I'll well, say a month or so ago,
4: he jumped up and uh, uh, proved his medal last week. He did. And what's so interesting about him is you know, he, here he is. He's a half brother to Matoli, who, of course, people probably remember from a couple of years ago. He was the champion sprinter of 2019, and was highly skilled up to a one-turn mile. He won the, you know, the Met Mile, in addition to to numerous victories between six and seven furlongs. But Hot Rod Charlie can run; he can run long, just like his sire, Oxbo. Oxpo won the Preakness Stakes at a mile and three sixteenths. And so did Hot Rod Charlie in Louisiana Derby, so he's definitely one of Oxbow's better uh, uh, better runners. Um, Oxbow's had a fairly quiet uh, run as a sire, but this horse can definitely, uh, can definitely run, and it's interesting that he really you know his game really got elevated when he was going two turns on dirt, so um, a little bit different than his half-brother.
1: Alright, we'll round it out with your top five and that is uh, M- Medina Spirit, another Bob Baffert trainee. We certainly know enough about his resume now uh, but uh, this horse is, he just spins he's just been steady. He's like always there. He may not win but look at the competition and the horses he runs against every time. I mean, he's like, he, th- these guys got to open up the entries and go, oh no. You know, Well, Baffert knew life was good is in there but you know there's been some other horses there, but he's right there. He never seems to give up, and I certainly I don't think distance is going to be a challenge.
4: No, and it's really I'm really delighted to see a horse like him in the mix. I mean, he was actually only a thirty five thousand dollar purchase, which is a you know quite the throwback, so a little real quiet like in terms of being a bargain buy. He, this was interesting. This was reporting by Jay Privman, I believe. Um, Jay was the one that reported this in the racing forum, but uh, Baffert told him that um, he was uh, entrapped. His epiglottis was entrapped after his last race when he was second to Life is Good in the San Felipe, and um, that quite a great performance if indeed he was struggling for air. And what's interesting about that is there's some breathing surgeries and things that you know, are very hit or miss whether you can correct, but being entrapped is is one that is easily fixed. So he could potentially have uh, room to improve off his Sam Felipe, and of course, even if you took life as good out of the race, since he obviously won't be running in the uh, Santa Anita Derby since he's sidelined. Um, you know, uh, Medina Spirit outran the rest of them in there, and that was a good field. All right, folks. Well, for the other
1: seven top picks, go to thebloodhorse.com, or if you get the monthly magazine, open that up, and uh, you can find out what other jewels Byron has going into the starting gate at Churchill Downs. And we're going to see a horse in the starting gate after the Curlin, Florida Derby is run on Saturday. Uh, you can sit down, have dinner, and still watch the race. It's going off at 640 uh I've already shown my hand. Uh, g- greatest honor is going to be on top. Uh, interesting that Bob Baffert has never run in this race, and he's bringing in Spielberg, uh, another horse that keeps uh, running into buzz saws. But his last two have haven't been so impressive. But his last race was against Essential Quality in the Southwest before that. The horse we just mentioned, Medina Spirit, he did did win the Los Al uh, Futurity as he closed out last season, and I kind of like an up-and-comer, just, you know, we'll see if he can stretch out. He certainly has the pedigree, another one of those talented into mischief colts, and that's Collaborate.
4: Right. You mentioned all those horses are are very live, look good in the Florida Derby. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know Spielberg, for me, as a and collaborate for that matter, are both kind of tricky reads. Uh, Spielberg has been a little inconsistent, even though he's won a grade two and he's placed in a couple graded uh, grade ones and was second in the southwest. He broke poorly in the southwest and made a nice, wide move to be second to essential quality and in my view, that was one of his better races but boy, there were some other of his starts that um you know you were just left. left scratching your head with him so he's a uh, I'm curious which Spielberg shows up and Collaborate of course stepping way up off a of maiden win uh, a lot of times that can be a uh, a very humbling experience to face stakes horses for the first time but uh, and one other one we might mention too Nova Rags drawn on the rail uh, just for the, the price seekers of the world out there he's 12 to 1 I think he's a little bit live at a price there but no doubt goes through greatest honor. And we should also mention, too, besides the Florida Derby, we also have the um, Jeff Ruby Stakes uh, offering 100 points to the winner this year. Um, and you also have uh, out the UAE Derby in Dubai. So uh, we got the potential for uh, at least um, uh, several and maybe a handful of, of Derby starters to get finalized on Saturday.
1: Yeah yeah we'll find out I, I did touch briefly uh on, because I didn't get the PPs until later today. They were kind of hard uh, to seek out. Uh, it, 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 Naira right now has partnered up, so you can get a- anything that uh, that they're showing on a- a- FS1, you can get uh, free Equibase PPs. And uh, I, I was just surprised because, you know, let's face it, uh, until recently, Mystic Guide and uh, Jesus' team weren't exactly household words, but Jesus' team, he just so always... <laughs> (laughs) Runs into a horse that's a little bit better with him. He's really happy to find out that Nick's go didn't enter this race for sure. But uh, like I said, not a household word, but he's won over a million dollars. And Mystic Eye just seems to be uh, rounding into form for Michael Stidham and has gotten stronger and stronger. But I was surprised to see them uh, placed as the top two favorites there uh, in, in Dubai, to be honest with you.
4: Right. You're, you're referring now to the Dubai World Cup, um, which, of course, is the big race in Dubai. The UAE Derby is just one of the undercard races. Uh, $12 million on the line at Dubai World Cup. I do not not think it's the 25th running. I don't think it's a vintage field. I mean, certainly you don't look at it and you don't see any horse like Cigar, you know, and it's won at, the inaugural one 25 years ago, but... Uh, And I think part of that has to do with the Saudi Cup. You know, remember the Saudi Cup was only a month or so ago, and some horses are still kind of licking their wounds a little bit after racing there. Um, um, Of course, the Americans ran there and ran second and fourth. Charlatan was second. Nixco was fourth. Both of them were a little better suited to that race being a mile and an eighth, you know, and the Dubai World Cup is a mile and a quarter. And then Mishrif, who won the race, is bypassing the Dubai World Cup to run in the Shima Classic on the turf, um, you know, a race earlier on the card. So you have, you know, the one, two, four finishers from the Saudi Cup aren't running back. Um, So uh, I think that's part of it. And then, of course, you know, retirements to really nice handicapped horses and things. But you're right, it's just it's not a field that you look at and go, wow, you know, I think Mr. Guide has a whole lot of potential, but, you know, if you just look at what he's accomplished to date, and he won the, he won nicely at Oakland last time out, and he was grade one placed last year, but, you know, he's not already an existing grade one winner, but um I think he's just razor sharp, and uh it's going to be really tough against that group. All right, we
1: got about two minutes left. I did want to touch on the Gulfstream Park Oaks, which is going to be an Oaks Points race. And be honest with you, I, I couldn't get deep into this race, Byron. Uh, you've basically got horses that have been runners-up in grade 3s and grade 2s, uh, specifically the Here Comes the Bride and the Devana Dale. So I've had a hard time separating this group.
4: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you nailed it. It, it. It's not that good. I mean, it's really not, Uh, and I don't know why that is. Um, Well, I I have one reason. I I think part of it is, you know, people are a little more keen to to perhaps want to run in the Ashland in a in a week's time, where they can run in a Grade One. Uh, But um, I think we also have some horses that are, you know, going to try to go into the Kentucky Oaks fresh and are skipping this race and. VQuest, who ran in the prep a while back, ran poorly. She, of course, the champion of last year. So, just been a lot of attrition down there. Um, Crazy Beautiful is the five to two favorite, but I don't think that Kenny McPeak views her as being as good around two turns as around one. So, I think you know what I would advise any player in this race would be to spread a little bit and the gimmick. And try to connect with a price. Well, Byron, good uh, rate for the all button. It is,
1: it is. Well, we ran out of time to uh, uh, talk about the um, the uh, Pan American. That looks like a very, very interesting betting race. Again, uh, like the. Uh, the Oaks, uh, uh, this is one that you, you just can't say, oh, they've got to beat uh, this horse. But I will tell you, I've lost so much money in this horse, I'll probably bet him again. Just on the class edge, because this isn't a superstellar field. And that'll be good old Sadler's Joy, who, wasn't, who hasn't won a race in two years. But man, he's always there. I just hope there's some pace up front for him.
4: Yeah, you know, he's an old, hard knocker, and um, I think you're right. You know, he hasn't quite had the same level of uh, success that he had, a, you know, a couple of years back. And, of course, you know, if it's a mile-and-a-half turf race, how do you not use Mike Maker? I mean, the guy, is uh, his record in these kinds of races is just unbelievable. And he has Cross Border and Temple, both of whom... It nicely in here cross border i believe was entered last week at the fairgrounds so he obviously chose to run him here in favor of the mile and a half so he would be my choice in the race
1: all right byron king i thank you so much and i want to remind our listeners uh that uh, you update your uh derby dozen as things happen like life is good hitting the sidelines so uh Keep uh, keep pulling up the blood horse and keep looking for the Derby dozen penned by none other than our current guest. I can't thank you enough, Byron King. I appreciate you being on the show again.
4: My pleasure, John. And you be well, my friend. And hope to see you at the racetrack uh, here in the coming weeks
1: me too brother thanks a lot that was byron king uh, associate editor at the blood horse a lot of late breaking news we had to cover so once again we put 10 pounds in a five pound sack going to take a quick break and we come we come back we're going to be talking to one of my favorite guys in racing none other than bob
2: railbird roberts the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? What?
0: Wedding Ponies with John Englehart.
1: All right, with veteran writer and handicapper Bob Railbird Roberts, I hold in my hand. Uh, A book that I think should be hardcover, and that is Writings of a Railbird by Bob Roberts. Uh, There's a nice uh, prologue that kind of tells you about how he got into the game. But uh, this is a compilation of many, many of the stories that he wrote at the Cleveland Plain Dealer. And I love it because this is a good one. This is like Uncle John's Reader in the bathroom because you just pick it up and uh, uh, (laughs) whip whip through a story and then get on about your day. But at least you start your day usually with a chuckle. And, uh, yeah. Bob, great to have you on. And uh, once again, uh, I, I believe you said that uh, if, if not all, uh, but most of the uh, monies that you make on writings of a Railbird go to charity.
3: Oh, all of it. I send, uh, I send half to a uh, Ronald McDonald house, and the other half goes to St. Jude Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah, they can get the book. It's only 10 bucks. Amazon. It's on Amazon.com. Yeah, all the money goes to charity. I already got paid for writing the article, so I'm trying to help some charities. There you go. Writings of a
1: Railbird, folks. And I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. And you'll kind of get a feel for for Bob by reading it because your personality comes out in the books, which is really... (laughs) It's, it's a fun one, you know, and uh, I, I'm just so glad to be able to call you a friend over all these years and a talented one uh, you are. Well, uh, I've wow. given you... A- tough task here you know byron got to you know go straight to the top uh, graded races and i'm going to ask you not first but last uh to key in on on the florida derby i'm very interested uh because i know you just uh took a little foray down to uh stream and then uh you and i think bobby newman went up and caught the tampa bay derby so uh, right. you're, kind, you're fresh as a fiddle off a little uh, racing vacation in florida yeah
3: second shot of a covid vaccine and i turned myself loose in florida for 10 days that's right oh, yeah
1: i'll be i'll <laughs> be there in 10 days brother i can't wait
3: <laughs> it's very liberating john it's very liberating i, I have uh, to tell yeah, you
1: yeah well i already made my first trip down there to visit my brothers and i think there's a second one in line so uh, great. right that's the advantage of uh, not having to go into work full-time every day. You right. know, it, it takes a while to acclimate to, but once you do,
3: you realize every day when you wake up, hey, it's right. Saturday. <laughs> right. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. A, all right. We could have had a new chapter for the book today. I don't know if you watched the first race from Aqueduct today. No. So they run the race, and two horses uh, hook up at the 316th pole, and they duel to the wire. And at around the 16th pole, between the 8th pole and the 16th pole, there's some bumping, and you don't know who did it. So they hit the wire, and the horse on the inside wins. The guy on the outside claims foul. There's also a Stewart's inquiry. And, you know, you're watching it on television. And Believe me, I had both horses in a pick three, so I didn't care which one won. They were both two to one. So I'm just watching. You see the jockeys on the phone talking to the judges, and then they're done, and they still haven't decided. So you're watching the jockeys with their arms folded, looking at the tote board. And all of a sudden, on the graphic, the inquiry and the, and the claim of foul come off. And the kid who won the race gets back on the horse. I go, well, oh, that's okay. They lead him into the winner's circle. They take the picture. And while they're doing that, the track announcer, John embry says, we have a disqualification. I go, what the heck's going on here? <laughs> there was a miscommunication from the stewards' stand. To the ground, the other horse got put up, the, the horse who, who ran second. And if you, look at, if you look at the head on, it's a bad call, too. It's, it just looks like a bad call. So you talk about horse players are put on this earth to be tortured, and they got, a, <laughs> they got another <laughs> dose of it today. <laughs> Unbelievable. And John, yeah. John, you remember John Henning used to train in Ohio? John yeah, and he Bill to, Henning used to. He started oh, out at Grove City at Beulah Park, right. and now he's at the Biggs. Okay, their son, John's son, Mark Henning, yes, trained the horse that got taken down. And he tweeted out, just unbelievable. And I tweeted back to him, you're being too kind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, he still got a race there. He was not piss off the stewards, I guess. Right, um, right. But, right. It, was, uh, uh, th- it was
3: a real clown show, to tell you the truth. It was a clown show, I'm sorry to say. What are you going to do?
1: It, it, it wouldn't be the first time that that no, happened. Oh God, no!
3: Heck, no! You're right.
1: Well, I'm going to ask you to go to a, a, a place you're not that familiar with. Um, and uh, good news is they've moved to the Topetta track, but uh, uh, they never really had much of a points thing. But I, I do notice there's a new ownership called Churchill Downs, and all of a sudden <laughs> the Jeff. The Jeff Ruby Stakes is a 100 point race. And uh, this is kind of a mixed bag. You got horses from Tampa, uh, Gulfstream, and then the fairgrounds, Santa Anita. Uh, I mean, that's very interesting. And then you've got the uh, the hometown horses that have plenty of experience over the Tepeta. So uh, it was kind of hard to separate the, the, uh, the top three. I think Mike Battaglia still does the line. And right now, all very close to one another are uh, uh, Hush of a Storm, who's the hometown horse that just won the John Battaglia. The one, two, three finishes are in there. And then you've got a uh, Tarantino coming up. Uh, uh, from Gulfstream Park after running against uh, uh, Greatest Honor and finishing fourth. And then uh, Gretzi the Great, who is the even-money favorite in the John Battaglia, uh, who got pressured on the lead the whole way and uh, and gave it up late to uh, Hush of a Storm. I'm having a hard time separating these guys.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, the, I, I've never been a, a big fan of the Capetta. I mean, I just... I remember all those bluegrasses that, uh, well, that was polytrack or whatever. I mean, those, those races didn't make sense for like five or six years. So I defer to horses who love that stuff. By the way, I remember doing a story for the plane dealer when they put it in a turf. They went down and interviewed the GM. I mean, it looks like you cleaned out your vacuum cleaner bag. That's what that stuff looks like to me. It, <laughs> blow, it blows, it blows out of the grandstand. You can pick up a couple of pieces and bring them home if you want. But, uh, the uh, the two horse hush of a storm, he's three for three over this stuff. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, I'm I'm putting I'm putting that horse on top. I'm putting the two horse on top for uh, that trainer uh, William Maury, who's uh, who's having a good meet. He's thirty percent for God's sakes. So I know if he likes it that much. Let him like it again. I mean, I'm, I'm going for that horse.
1: Well, yeah, uh, I don't recall him. Uh, being at Turfway before but as a matter of fact you, you look at the trainers that are, are, are at Turfway now we're talking uh, Wesley Ward, Brad Cox, Steve right. Asmussen, and right. um, it's pretty un- unbelievable. Good news is they broke dirt a week ago so they are going to have a grandstand again. I'm looking right. forward to that but I think they're gonna have to race a whole nother season uh, without. Mm. I understand it looks kind of weird and uh, I'm still yeah. up in the air about whether or not I'm going to make the trip down there. I've been invited, uh, but uh,
3: we'll see what happens uh, on Saturday. But yeah, see John, uh, we go all the way back. We go all the way back to when it was the Spiral Stakes, and then it was the Jim Beam. You remember uh, the Ohio Horse of the Year won it one year, King Post. Remember him? Yes. Yeah, he ran third yeah. in the Belmont. Right. Uh, Trained by they, Diane
1: Carpenter correct uh the the, yeah. the horse uh, also won the, the cradle stakes over River downs uh yeah. with you Eug- with, with clean Gene, Eugene Cypress jr in the saddle, and they all of a sudden <laughs> they thought they thought and, and i and I think he might he might have won the spiral, but I, I think all of a sudden when it was time to go to the derby they said uh you know we're we gene we got to take you off the horse horse never yeah. won another race you seen that Yes, Mark, it was. Mark Warner was the owner, huh? Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah he probably right. had tryouts or something. Um, <laughs> His father was Marvin Warner. He was a big owner in Cincinnati, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he, he was uh, ambassador to... Yes. Where is he, yes. Where is he
1: hide your money? Uh, uh. Swiss, <laughs> in Switzerland. He was the ambassador of Switzerland. There you
3: go. There you and, go. And,
1: and then after he put the bank uh, going south, all these people lost their loans and stuff. He he immediately took Warnerton Farm, which is located just north of Cincinnati, and moved it to Florida because at Florida, uh, you can't take somebody's possessions away if you know they're found guilty of. Some of those uh, fraudulent charges, so he he skedaddled down there right after that whole debacle. So Marv, I wonder
3: what happened to him. I'm sure Marvin has passed on, but I wonder whatever happened to Mark? I wonder if he's uh, still on the edges of horse racing? I don't. I haven't seen no. his name anywhere.
1: No, he's not. I I saw him at a sale, and he says he's still mm-hmm. interested. But uh, uh, <laughs> I I, th- I think he might be located in Florida now. I'm not sure what he's. Okay. But I'm not, I, I'm sure he still knows where some of those buckets of money are hidden, so he's going to be okay for a while.
3: You know, there's uh, a horse in this race that you have to take a look at uh, because these California trainers, they come east and they dominate. It's just, I can't believe how many races guys like Baffert win when they when they ship east, and including Doug O'Neill who's yes. sending the 12-horse uh, hockey dad from Santa Anita. The horse has been on the turf twice, and he's undefe- undefeated on the turf. And turf horse is supposedly like Capeta, so and this horse is uh, this horse is ten to one on the morning line. I got the twelve ball, and he's a speedy type of horse. So you may have to be her on him, may have to gun him out of there. But I wouldn't leave him out of my gimmicks, hockey dad. But
1: the number twelve no. horse. Very good point. Well, let's let's move on to the Bourbonette Oaks because I do want to get you to chime in uh, on the Fountain of Youth, and okay. uh, again, you know, hard to separate. Uh, a, a good uh, to pet a horse in here is Into va- uh, into Vanishing, trained by Jonathan Thomas, uh, who's had uh, two, he's two for two over the Turfway Strip. Uh, you got Adventuring, need I say more, Brad Cox, uh, just coming right. off a powerful a maiden win at the fairgrounds. And then uh, Candace O on the outside, Graham Motion,
3: a guy you don't see every day in northern Kentucky. Well... I went back and watched the maiden win of adventuring, and it was uh, very impressive. The horse raided, he came three wide, and he drew off to win very easy. Uh, I've I, I noticed over the last couple of years, the races, the horses who raced at the fairgrounds kind of somewhat undervalued, because that racing down there is, I think, is a lot tougher than people give it credit for. So I'm going to go with adventuring in this spot. By the way, it's interesting, they entered this horse at the fairgrounds three times. On the turf. And all three times the races were moved to the dirt. So they probably said, that's enough. Let's just go race on, on synthetic or dirt and quit worrying about getting rained off the turf. Which is, and by the way, it's a Godolphin horse. So I told you, you know, it's going to be really well bred.
1: Yeah, and uh, trained by Brad Cox, and he's bringing right. uh, Flo- Florent Giroux up. So, uh, you know, when those right. guys venture into time, because they've been a, a, just a, an outstanding team at, at Oaklawn Park where, you know, Flo decided to leave Florent. He says, wherever Brad Cox goes, I'm going. All right, well, Bob, oh, yeah. I want to... Well, I want to grab you now for what's probably the feature race of the day in North America, and that's going to be the Curlin Florida Derby. I've already tipped my hand. I've fallen in love with this horse uh, pretty much since he broke his maiden, and that's uh, the Shug McGahee Train Greatest Honor.
3: Well, it's, it's kind of hard to pick against him because even if this horse doesn't go on to win a Triple Crown race, the horse absolutely loves the racing service at Gulfstream Park. I've tried to beat him. I tried to beat him in the Holy Bull and the Fountain of Youth, but I give up. I'm, uh, I'm throwing in with him this time. I'm going, I mean, he's three for three at Gulfstream. He loves that place. Uh, it, and this is a track, you don't get too, you should not get too far behind at Gulfstream Park. It's hard to make up ground there. And here he comes charging, you know, eight, seven, eight lengths off the lead, off the pace, and he still wins in a gallop. So I'm throwing in with you. I'm, I'm going for uh, for Shug's horse, greatest honor. I do like a bit of a long shot in, in this race for uh, for gimmicks, and that would be the, uh, I even know how to pronounce it, the uh, Papa 2, the 11 horse. It's a Sano horse. I think right. this horse could run good. He ran a big race in the Fountain of Youth to be third. He looks like he's uh, he's learning his lessons, and he'll be a nice price in this race. So I'm going to throw him in my gimmicks. And by the way, tonight, yeah, so We'll,
1: go ahead, John. I, I was just going to say, and uh, he was really compromised in, in the Fountain Youth, ha- having a break from the ten hole. And uh, yeah. I guess, I guess they decided not to compete. Uh, you know, that's a short run in the turn, as I recall. Uh, so, I mean, he was tenth pretty much after a half mile. So he had a lot to do to make up after that. So, you know, right. again, I, I got to get, I got to give him points for that, Bob.
3: Some guy found a cute way to tweet his selection today on on Twitter. He, he sent a picture. There was a uh, a bowl, and then it was a plate, and it was soup and sandwich. So he, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, how, that's how he's telling us to bet that horse in the uh, in the Florida Derby. Soup and sandwich. Who probably has a shot too? Hell Anybody yeah, could be second at this race. Right. He's
1: undefeated, and let's face it. in you know, a couple of years ago, you never threw out a tappet. well, the, right. The landscape has changed. When 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 you see an into mischief, it's like, you know, right. I mean, you see him everywhere. You know, winning graded stakes races. So, uh, and and how about this? How often do you see uh, John Velasquez up at? Uh, well, uh, I, I don't know how often he rides for. It's easy. He's 18 percent with Mark Cassie. So, yeah, but you know, John, Johnny V's not going to hurt you. But this is his first time in the saddle. Uh, This horse has gone from six and a half uh, a mile and 40. We'll see if a mile and eighth. But again, the Into Mischiefs haven't shown us uh, any reason not to believe that they can't go on.
3: And a commercial for Ohio Into Mischief's father. His sire was Harland Holiday, the greatest ever Ohio bred, originally trained by Kenny McPeak.
1: That's right. And uh, another shout-out to Ohio, Ohio Horse of the Year, Phantom on Tour. Who was his regular oh, yeah. jockey?
3: Oh, jeez. I'm trying to think. Who was his regular jockey? I can't
1: Larry remember. Mal- oh. Larry, Larry Melanson, who we lost today. Oh, jeez.
3: That's right. That's right. He died today, didn't he? Yeah, that's too bad yeah <laughs> i know he, i hear you
1: he was a hard-working guy and his yeah. record at Ch- churchill was very very good i can tell you that and uh just a class act i got to see him at uh Uh, Sandy Hawley's wedding, I photographed that, and he married uh, the Japanese Jack Keru Tushia, and Larry, you know, came in his his wheelchair after a stroke, and at some point in the wedding, he was able to stand and actually dance, and it was like, the place went nuts, yeah, the place went nuts, it was like uh, a a miracle, you know, and for somebody in a wheelchair, you know, this guy had such great spirit, and he was having such a great blast, and uh, just so, so sad to lose him, but as you know, yeah. uh, with
3: these jocks, they take a chance every time they're out there. Oh, I don't begrudge them a dollar that they make. I may yell at them when I get beat in a photo, but I don't begrudge them a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bob, as as always, it's uh,
1: it's it's great to have you on. Uh, I... I Appreciate it. I'm not sure when I get a chance to see you again, but when I do, it'll be, it'll be a good time.
3: All, All right, right, John. Oh, Enjoy the big races this weekend. Enjoy the big races.
1: I will. We got to go. I'm John Engelhart. Winning Ponies. Pull down your easy win forms.
0: Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.